Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it is graduation season, right? Uh, earlier this month, Michigan State University and other local universities and colleges, they all had their graduation celebrations. Uh, now this weekend, it's time for the local high schools to do the same. Earlier this weekend, many of them are today. Uh, I think I heard East Lansing is next weekend, but now it's time for them to do graduation celebrations. Now these events, we call them by two different names, right? Two different names, and we use them interchangeably, synonymously, but they actually mean two very different things. Uh, one of those words that we use is graduation, right? We're familiar with this term, but graduation, what that means is it's the end of a course of study. So you graduate after you have finished all the homework, all the classes, you've written all the papers, taken all the tests, everything that's required of that degree is completed and finished and done, and now you graduate. Graduation is the end, the end. The other word that we often use is commencement, right? Commencement. And we use commencement in the same way we use graduation, but it actually means almost exactly the opposite, right? It means the opposite. A commencement is the start of something new. It's the beginning of a new endeavor. You're commencing on a new adventure. Uh, because the graduates now possess this degree, they have new opportunities. There's new horizons out there for them. There's a new chapter in their lives. Uh, commencement's not the end, but it's the start. Now, whether you call it graduation or you call it commencement, it doesn't matter, but uh, there's a number of traditions that go with these events as well, right? Uh, one of the most recognizable traditions for these celebrations is the mortarboard hat and the tassel, right? We're all familiar with this. And that tassel has a lot of symbolism, a lot of meaning. Uh, the graduates come in with the tassel on the right side, but then at the end of the ceremony, what happens? They move it across their head, they move it to the left side. And the reason for that is it symbolizes that something has just happened. That they came in here as students. They came in here without a degree, but now they're leaving as graduates. Now they're leaving possessing something greater than when they came in. They moved that tassel to show this was a big moment. Well, it's not only graduation season, but here in the church, according to the church calendar, uh, it's Pentecost. And Pentecost, we celebrate this once a year, uh, right after Easter and Ascension. And Pentecost, we often think of this as the birthday of the church. The birthday of the church. Uh, you know, some congregations will even have cake on Pentecost Sunday. I didn't get you any cake today, so uh, don't, don't, don't be excited about that. There might be some cookies, but... Uh, but the reason why they do that is because on Pentecost Sunday, the first Pentecost uh, in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit was poured out on God's people, uh, given to God's people in a powerful way. The Holy Spirit's poured out, and Peter preaches the first sermon to the early church. And it's a doozy of a sermon. Uh, he preaches this sermon. What happens? Three 
3,000 people that day come to know Jesus, come to know his love and his salvation. Uh, The church is effectively born that day. These 3,000 people go out and they tell others about Jesus and the church is really born on Pentecost. But how about this? How about instead of thinking about Pentecost as a birthday, I want us to think about Pentecost as a commencement. Think about Pentecost as a commencement, a new beginning, a new horizon, a new chapter in the life of the church, a new chapter in the kingdom of God. Because of what happens on Pentecost, God's people have something new, they have the Holy Spirit, and they get to do new things as a result of it. They have a new power as a result of what they get on Pentecost. But not only that, there's even tassels on Pentecost. The tassels at Pentecost were not like the tassels you're going to see at a graduation ceremony. These were different tassels, right? These were divine tassels. These were Holy Spirit tassels. These were flaming tassels, right? Flaming tassels upon their head, showing the world that they now possess something new, a new power that they didn't have before. Uh, We hear about all this in Acts, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, This happened uh, 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after Jesus' death on the cross. Uh, That word Pentecost, uh, it means 50th, or it means the 50th day. Uh, And Jesus had been promising to his followers for some time, he'd been promising that he would send them the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus promises to his disciples after his death and resurrection, before his ascension, but he'd been promising the Spirit even before that. Uh, We hear Jesus say this, this is uh, John 14, Uh, During his earthly ministry, Jesus promises his followers. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus promises, I'm sending you a helper, an advocate, a guide, the Spirit. And then he reiterates this promise on a number of occasions. Uh, We hear this again, Acts chapter 1. This is after his resurrection, just before the ascension. You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He tells them, you can can trust in this. You can be assured I will send my spirit to you. He doesn't tell them when. He doesn't give them the specifics, what day it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, but he says, you better believe it. I'm sending my spirit to you. And it happens, right? It happens just a few days later, just as Jesus said. uh, It happens 10 days after the ascension on Pentecost. Uh, These followers of Jesus, they all go to Jerusalem. 
The followers of Jesus are there, more than just the 12 disciples at this point. There's more than that. They all go to Jerusalem, and they're there for the Feast of Shabbat. This is one of the Jewish festivals that were celebrated each and every year, and some of the Jewish festivals required that you go to Jerusalem to celebrate it. So here they are. They're all gathered together. There's thousands of other people in town from all the surrounding areas, from all the regions, doing the very same thing. They're for the Feast of Shabbat. These followers of Jesus gather together in Jerusalem. We don't know exactly where they're at uh, in town. We know they're in Jerusalem, but is it part of the temple, the outskirts of the temple? Is it a a large building, a large place? Uh, We just know they're all together. And something amazing happens. Something peculiar, something unexpected happens. They're gathered together. And what happens? There's a mighty rushing wind from heaven. The entire house is filled with this sound. And then there's divided tongues as of fire that appear on them and rest on each one of them. They're filled with the Spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. This is awesome. This is incredible. This is not something you see every day. And you can imagine what happened, right? As these followers of Jesus are gathered together and there's this loud, rushing wind sound from heaven, as there's these these flames resting above them, as they're speaking in tongues, you can imagine what happens. A crowd begins to form. People hear this, people see this, and they take note. If it happened today, people would have pulled out their phones and started taking pictures. They would have started recording video Uh, They would have started putting it on Twitter, Snapchatting it, uh, Facebooking it, hashtag Pentecost. (laughs) Hashtag Pentecost. A crowd begins to gather, and they're just in awe of what is going on. And to make it even more amazing, these people from all these surrounding areas that speak all these different languages, they're all here, but they're hearing God's word spoken. They're hearing the praises of God in their own native language. So the visitors from Rome, they hear it in their native language, in their dialect. The visitors from Egypt, they hear it in their native language. The people that are there from Mesopotamia, they hear it in their native language. So this moment, amazing unexpected, perplexing. It causes this crowd that gathers together. Uh, The fire on the heads, the, the speaking in tongues, it causes everyone to ask one question. One question. Uh, we hear this in Acts chapter 2, verse 12. What does this mean? What does this mean? If there were any visitors there from Germany, they would have said, was ist das? What is this? What is going on? And we can ask that very same question ourselves, right? What is this? What does it all mean? What are these tongues of fire above their heads? What's up with the speaking in tongues? What is going on, this loud rushing wind? What does it all mean? Well, particularly as we think about these these, uh, fires, these, these fiery tassels that are sitting on their heads, Before we can make sense of what that means, we have to know something about fire in the Bible. A fire in the Bible. 
Uh, throughout Scripture, as we look throughout Scripture, uh, we see that when God shows up, when God is present, when God is there, there's oftentimes fire accompanied with His presence. When God shows up somewhere, there's often fire there as well. We see this in Genesis, uh, Genesis 15 with Abram, right? The presence of God is there. He's making a covenant with Abram. And what do we see as God is present? A fiery, blazing sword. Exodus, the presence of God is, is with Moses, right? Moses is there tending sheep. And God shows up. And how does God show up to him? A burning bush. Later on, God leads his people out of Egypt, and there's a pillar of fire. When God descends upon Mount Sinai, when the Lord is present there, uh, Mount Sinai is filled with fire. God guides his people through the wilderness out into the promised land with a pillar of fire, the tabernacle. When God is dwelling there, how do they know? Fire. Throughout Scripture, where God is located, where God is active, where God is working, where God can be found, there's oftentimes fire there as well. So we take that and we see that in Pentecost. There's fire again, right? But where's the fire? Fiery tassels on them on each and every follower of Jesus, fire on them. What does that mean? What does that tell us? It tells us that God is not on Mount Sinai anymore, that God is not in the tabernacle, that God is not somewhere out there in the clouds, that God is not uh, in a burning bush, that God's not uh, somewhere far, far away from his people, but that God is with them, that God is in them, each and every follower of Jesus there with a fiery tassel above their head telling us that God is now in them because the Spirit has been poured out, given to them. God is not out there, but God is in them and with them. And Peter uses this occasion uh, to give a commencement address, right? We could call it a sermon. We could call it a commencement address. Uh, he's drawing on the prophet Joel and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, in this incredible moment, he says this, Acts chapter 2. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is a commencement address. Because a new day has dawned in the kingdom. That God is no longer just somewhere out there. But God is now dwelling in and with his, his people as the spirit has been poured out. And as I look out at you all today, I, I don't see any fiery tassels. I don't see any fiery tassels on you. Uh, one guy after early service said, you know, after you said that, I thought maybe I could take a lighter and, and put it above my head. Uh, I told him he might burn his hair. He probably shouldn't try that. But there's no fiery tassels above any of your heads. Uh, you weren't there that first Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out. But you know what? That doesn't mean that you don't have the Spirit. You do. 
God's Spirit is dwelling in you. Through faith in Christ Jesus, through the gifts given to you in the waters of baptism, the Spirit dwells in you and with you. That God is not just somewhere out there, but God is in you through faith in Christ Jesus. And this is powerful. Even though there's no fiery tassels, this is powerful because that means that the Spirit is in you and with you. That means you have a power that's not your own. You're not going it alone. You're not doing it alone. That you possess the Spirit, the power of God in you and with you. So that means because of the power of the Holy Spirit, you can face new beginnings. New beginnings. What new beginnings do you have in your life right now? Maybe those new beginnings are graduation. Maybe you're starting a new chapter in your life. Maybe you're a parent of a child graduating, and that's a new beginning for you, having the kids go away. Maybe you're getting married. Maybe it's a new relationship. Maybe a new job, a new course of study, just a new phase of your life. Whatever that new thing is, you have the power of the Spirit to face that new beginning. And you have the power of the Spirit to face new challenges. What challenges do you have? What struggles do you have? Is there a challenge of of health issues? Are there challenges of of health issues for yourself or maybe a, a loved one, a grandchild? Are there challenges in a relationship, a financial challenges? Challenges at work, challenges with your neighbors, whatever those challenges are, you have the power of the Spirit to face those new challenges. And you have the power of the Spirit to proclaim the gospel to new people, to love others with the love of Jesus in new ways. You're not going it alone. You're not relying on your own power but you are going with God because he dwells in you and with you and he has given his power to you as the Spirit's been poured out. This is most certainly true. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.